News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. My name is Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick Van Dyvendijk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know we had a show last week, but it was a pre-recorded it, it was show. Pre-recorded. Yeah. yeah. So this is our first live show of 2023. Yes. How yes. many years we've been doing this? You know, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I think it's been like 24 years. <laughs> Somewhere around there, and I think you and I—we had we we like I was away for a couple of years, but man, it's been probably ten already. So this is crazy. Wow, I'm almost going to have seniority here now that Brent is uh, retired, right? Yeah, at the, at the radio station here. Yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> there's, I don't know how many more people are. It's between you and Gormley, then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us this morning. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five is the number to call. If you've been uh, had something that's been bugging you with your house plants, with something outside, uh, something with the garden that didn't go right this past summer, now's the time to give us a call. Join the conversation. You can call us. You can text us using that number, and let's talk about it because we got a live show here today. So we got a whole bunch of things. That, you know, it's a new year i i just took my tree down so we'll talk about what you can do with that yep, absolutely you know some some of that stuff we're going to get into some seed starting stuff because now that christmas is over maybe you got some some you know gardening gifts yes uh but also it's going to be time to start getting ready for seeds pretty soon here right yeah getting absolutely. prepared getting prepared now because yeah the seeds are ice I saw seed racks in some of the stores already. Really? Yep, absolutely. So, you know, not, that's the time. And, and I think with the cost of, of vegetables and even the <laughs> shortage of lettuce yes. that there's been, I was uh, at a store the other day and it's, it's it had a big sign on the front door, sorry for the inconvenience, but, you know, there's a, there's a supply issue with lettuce, you know? And so we can see with that, I mean, more and more people will start even growing lettuce and things like that right indoors all winter, all year round, outdoors right, right. In, the, in the summertime and indoors in the wintertime. Uh, why not? I mean, our, our grandparents grew most of their vegetables out in the, out in the, in the garden, right? That's right. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll think we'll start seeing a resurgent of that, that type of thing where we did see that during the pandemic, yep. but I think you're going to see another up bump again. So, um, well, I'm even noticing at the grocery stores, not to be picking on anybody in particular, but even quality seems to be not great lately. Yeah. You know, like we used to get before the pandemic, yeah. you know, you could go into a grocery store and get really, really great stuff, even in the winter, you know, but I'm noticing now, oh man, the tomatoes are kind of half green and, yeah. you know, the lettuce is sort of, it's, they're smaller. They're not, it's not really like, well, you got to remember, great. you got to remember they're trying to produce more food for more people. Yeah. Right. On and you think of where where do you think of most of our food comes our our fresh food comes from in the wintertime in where we live here? It comes from California. Yeah. And what has California had in the past almost ten years now? Yeah. Fire. Um, no, fire well, because of drought. Yes. Yeah. Lake, lake Mead is down at record lows. I mean, there's stuff they're popping up in that lake they're finding now that they've never even knew that was down oh, there. Oh, well, they're, they're finding, yes, all kinds of, all sorts of photos. They're yeah. finding cars from the 20s and 30s that, yeah. that were sunk in the lake yeah. like 70, 80, 90 years ago. And yeah. they're finding the car in the, from the bottom of the lake because yeah. the water has receded that far. Exactly. So there was, they're finding all kinds of things because the water's so low. And where does California get most of their water from? I mean, it, it, all those big rivers are not, not flowing right now. And so, uh, and that's where irrigation, you can't grow vegetables without irrigation. Yeah. And so that's being a huge part of things. And, um, um, and, and so that, that you're not going to have the cost of, of, 
of production because they're only being allocated so much water. So your 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 production is going to go way down, and so then so will your quality because they yeah. have to produce more with more product with less water. Right, right. Because right. yes. there's more demand. Yeah, and right. it's that's impossible. It sounds a little doomsday-ish, but uh, you know we're not there yet. However, we are going to see people start to do this. And there's nothing stuff wrong. And there's very easy to do that. We can do all those kind of things where we can grow our own vegetables, even grow our own herbs and some lettuce and that kind of stuff right in our houses. You're seeing even some restaurants and that are now starting to put these little growth chambers in. So, I mean, we've seen it at Booster Juice and all that kind of stuff. They grow chambers in those already. Yes, yes, right? yeah. And where they're growing some of their some of their ingredients. ingredients. And so you're going to see that more and more, I think, uh, because uh, you want a secure uh, supply. Yeah, no, no right? doubt. Well, I mean, it's nice. To, I have nice to report that uh, we can look out of the window right now, and the river is flowing here. You know, there's there's water here. So, well, it's minus fifteen this morning when I got up. So that's that's <laughs> big difference when it was uh, a no, week ago. No kidding, no <laughs> kidding. But I mean, the good news is, yeah, we we do have water in Saskatchewan, yes. right? We've got yes. the ecosystem in in Canada is still is still very healthy. It seems, you know. So, you know, the ability to produce your own stuff. You know, put, put your own garden in yep. and grow stuff in the winter. We can do that here. We can, we can do that here. And so, so I guess, you know, this time of year, you said seeds are starting to come out. Yep. I guess now is sort of planning time, right? Now is planning time, deciding what you're going to put in. Because remember, you're always rotating your crops. You're not putting things in the same spot in your garden as you did last time. Right. Container gardening is becoming huge, huge, huge. Every year it's getting bigger and bigger because... People are now growing things on their deck and everything else because a lot of people live in condos and apartments. They don't have a garden, right? Mm-hmm. Community gardens are are growing phenomenally, I and mean, there's waiting lists. Yeah, pardon the pun, but they're growing. Yes. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but they're waiting lists, and yeah. so uh, that's something to think about too. If you want to get uh, into a community garden, uh, you need to do check out and figure out if you can get your name put on a list. Uh, that you got to do right now as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's something you gotta, you know, think about. So it's, um, and so there's, and you're going to see, you know, you see even people starting to grow in the, in the, in the meridians and the boulevards in front of their houses right now. Right. Wow, yeah. You that's know? true. Yeah. I know the city has been dealing with that. It's saying, how do we, you know, how do we deal with these gardens in these center boulevards, you know? And, uh, I know we've seen that in a few places in, in the older parts of city of Saskatoon. And uh, because it also makes a maintenance issue for all the maintenance guys going with the mowers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they got to go off the curb and go around the garden and up the curb again. So those are going to be all different issues that different communities are going to face. Uh, but, you know, um, but how do you stop not growing food? Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah, that's exactly. It makes sense. I mean, rather than having grass out there, why don't we grow food on it? And, you know, the other thing about, about it, too, is it's, uh, it's a rewarding uh, hobby, you know, oh. it's it's also yeah. something wonderful to do. It gets yeah. you outside, yeah. out in the fresh air in the summer, yeah. you know, yeah. out in the sunshine, that yeah. sort of thing. And, uh, you know, there's, there's yeah. a, a nice purpose to it, too, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's one, one other thing I just uh, we've got. I'm going to change the subject here a little bit. Uh, okay. This last week I was at a, a funeral. Okay. And Theo Mottman passed away this last this last uh, week. And um, he was a, a, a greenhouse grower. Uh, in Saskatoon, a backyard greenhouse grower. Okay. But a hobbyist type of thing. He worked at the, uh, at the, at the crops in the research department in the University of Saskatchewan for forever. And, uh, and, but he grew a, a beautiful crop of bedding plants and all different types of, he grew our bougainvilleas for us, a different oh. type, different types of plants he grew for us. Yep. But, uh, he suddenly passed away this last week. Uh-huh. And so he'll be missed. And, um, 
and uh, by all his, his wife and his kids and and so his family around him. So, um, but yeah, there's a there's a greenhouse operator that had a passion for growing something different all the time. That's cool. Very so, cool. Uh, Tao Mopman. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry yeah. to hear that. Yes. Sad to hear that. Let's take. A, we're going to go to a break soon, but we got uh, one of our our favorites and one of our regulars here. Les is going to join us right now. Les is from Corning. Good morning, Les. Good morning and happy New Year. Happy New Year, happy New Year, Les. Your show back on uh, for the New Year. Um, I've got a El Woodle, I believe it's called E L L W O O D L L. And now it's a little fern or a shrub of some sort. It's yep. about a foot tall. Now, what do I do with it? We got it at Christmas time, and it's only in a four-inch pot. And we're wondering if we should be transplanting it into something. Is it good to go out in the summer? Or is it, will it uh, survive winters here? Or what is it? You know what? I, I honestly, it's 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 a it's a type of a cypress, okay. Okay. And a cypress, uh, a cypress tree is sort of, sort of has sort of a limey green leaves on it, right? Yeah, so almost yeah. really sharp little guys. Yeah. So yeah, so what a lot of people are, a lot of people actually use those as their their what I call their Grinch Christmas tree. Oh, <laughs> you know, because they put a, a big bulb on the top of the tree and it kind of hangs over, you know. Well, and well, that's uh, kind of what we did. <laughs> so, so what you want to do with that is that it uh, you want to put it on a pebble tree, okay? It can stay in that pot for a little bit yet. It, it probably doesn't need to be replanted for another six months or so at least. And uh, but what it loves to have is humidity, some more humidity, okay? So okay. putting it on a pebble tree. What a pebble tree is is a tray with some rocks on it. And then you fill that tray full of water, but you set your pot on top of the rocks so the, the pot is not sitting in the water because you don't want the pots in the water itself. Okay. okay. And then the humidity, as, as that water evaporates, it, comes, it evaporates up through the branches of the tree. Okay? okay. Because our houses are too dry for them to really do really well in our houses. Okay. So right. that pebble tray will make it so that it'll do well. And then you just need to, in the wintertime, just need to fertilize it once a month. Okay, and uh, you can then you can start fertilizing it uh, by by spring. Let's say you know around April or so. If you want, you can go to one size larger pot. Okay, and it just needs a regular potting soil. It doesn't need a special soil or anything like that. So just a regular sure. potting soil, and this one size larger. So if it's in a six inch pot now, which probably most of them around, uh, some are yeah. four inch pots, some are six inch pots, then just yeah. go up to an eight inch pot or even a ten inch pot maximum. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, because it likes having its roots out near the edge of the pot, and if you put it in a 24-inch pot, it takes too long for it to grow its roots out to the edge. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, just put it on a pebble tray, and um, if you want, you can you can mist it every once in a while, but if you do the pebble tray, you won't have to do that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And these Elwoodies, they, uh, they are a zone 5 to 8. Yeah, they will not survive outside here. Yeah. They're an indoor they plant. So uh, you can put it out for the summertime. But you then you you can bring it in for have to bring it in for the wintertime. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. That's uh, answered my question very well. A lot, lot of people much. know it as a cypress. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Th- there you go. Thanks, Les. Okay. Have okay. a good day. You, you too. too. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's how you can join the conversation. Quick break now. Our second segment coming up right away. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. 
Welcome back to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvenek. Jill is away this week, uh, but she'll be back coming up soon. Yep. And then you're going away. You're, you're going on a big trip, yep. aren't you? I'm going on a trip, yep. So yeah. I'll so, be gone later part of January until the middle of February. So Jill and I are going to have some fun doing the show together yes. for, for that time, too. Absolutely. We've got some special guests planned talking about uh, seeds as well. We're going to touch a bit more on that today. But yep. a, a seed expert coming in, I and, believe. And pruning. And pruning. Yep. Uh, yeah. So yep. it's going to be great. Got some things all lined up, ready to go. Very cool stuff coming on the way. So we were talking before the break, uh, before we had Les's text or, or call, I should say, that uh, you know we're talking about seeds, getting ready for planting that sort of stuff. So you're starting to see the seed racks out in the stores, yeah, right, all all right now. And so and I'll, then now you think about your supplies. So you might be thinking about digging out your old trays if you're going to use them, because then the biggest thing you got to do is get them clean. So how okay. do you, what do you do? do you so you need like, to bleach them or, you know, just disinfect them, whatever. So it's a sterilize. It's, it's not just, just soap and water wash. Not just soap and water. You need to sterilize them because if you get any pathogens in that, that'll just, you get the, your seeds will just end up dying. They won't, they won't germinate okay. properly. Yep. So, and so, uh, and the best thing to use is, is uh, uh, it's just easiest to use new soil. If you're going to for seed starting, don't use some old soil. And because you, a lot of times you need a seeding, starting seeding mix anyways. You, it's a, it's a finer, it's a finer, uh, uh, type of a peat moss and everything in it. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so coarse. So your seeds don't sit in little air pockets and that. So it's, it's a finer. Um, but then, it, but if you're going to reuse your, your soil, then you need to also, um, sterilize it. But so that's why a lot of, even us, we just use new soil okay. rather than worrying about sterilizing and, and all those kind of things. And then also getting things like your pots and that, like your pots going to transplant into those, those you can sterilize and clean very easily. And um, uh, also you might want to think about if you want uh, having a little fan, right? Mm. If you're going to grow to, because a lot of the no damp uh, uh, chemicals and that kind of stuff to stop things from damping off, which is rotting off at the surface of the soil, uh, are not available anymore. So, right. you know, having a little tiny electric fan or something in the area just to have a little bit of movement of air. And all you want is this, you want it to see the leaves move just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it makes the plant so they don't stretch too much. And it also keeps the fungals off. So a lot of those kind of things, which are important. Um, then also, uh, you might want to think about a heat mat. Yeah. Okay. That's little, it's mat that's 10 inches wide. That's 20 inches long. And there, so, oh, there's double ones as well. Same size as the trays you same buy. Same size as your tray you can put on. You can put it on to underneath the tray, and then you've got bottom heat. All the greenhouses use bottom heat, okay, mm-hmm. to grow their, start their seeds. And a lot of them have either have electric, electric wires, or they have, you know, heat wires, or they have something, or they have, uh, they have, um, Heat hot water pipes underneath the benches, whatever. So it's like a, it's like a heated seat, like yep. in your car, but for your plants. Yeah. <laughs> we used to use a, a um, it was a made a tent, and then we had a, a trough heater in it, and uh, and so it used to cause steam, right? Like yeah. hot, hot water steam. So it was like huge humidity in there. And then really warm. <laughs> like you, if you walked in there, you were dripping wet. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Just in, within seconds. And, um, and so we used to get that and you see it. And as soon as you, as soon as the seeds started popping up and you had about 65, 70% germination, seeds came out of that tent. Neat. Yeah. And, um, and the same thing, a lot of times you'll have the, a dome cover for your plants to get them started with. And the same thing with those dome covers is that people have to remember once you start getting anywhere from 65 to 80% germination, then take those, those top covers off. 
because otherwise you'll start getting damping off as well and your your plants will just rot right on the surface of the soil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, uh, but the domes are good to get the plants started with. Right. And then if you're indoors, if you're really into it, then you also will need some supplemental light because we're still... In, if you're starting in January, we're gonna we'll talk about what seeds what you want to start this time this time of the year. Uh, then you're gonna need obviously what sunrise is at nine fifteen, and sunset yeah. is at, like at um, well, well it's go, it's gone a little further. It's, it's about five forty five now or five, so is it five thirty five thirty five barely five thirty barely five thirty. So I think. Um, it's so you, the problem with that is that you know we don't have enough light. So you need at least twelve hours of light, right? Yes. So you have to supplement your light. And so you might want to get all those things ready to go, and um, and then and then um, you know some some seeds are really fine, so you might want to get yourself a little seeder. You know, it's a tiny little disc thing that you just tap with your finger, and then it puts only one or two seeds in each each um, each little cell that you're going to plant in. No, so instead of, dump, right? instead of dumping twelve in, yeah, instead of dump, you pour your pack of seeds out. You know, like because <laughs> they're so fine, some of them that you just can't control it, right? Right, right. And uh, I mean, some of the growers they have a special air seeder which grabs one seed at a time and drops them in every cell, right? They have they're mechanized to do that, but when you do it by hand, it's tough. Some of those little fine little seeds to try to get. So we should be able to get like in in the garden center in garden, yeah. garden centers around the province. We should be able to find all Those these tools. Those tools right? are very expensive, and yep. so there just makes your makes life much easier when you try to seed when you have a little cedar. But all these supplies we're talking about the trays, the mat, the yep. cedar, the dome, the lights that's all going to be available at your garden centers now, right? You can get them at the garden centers. You can get them at the most of the chain stores will have them right right down to the PV marts to everywhere you can get them. So wherever you have in Saskatchewan. Uh, some of the small hardware stores in your town, you want to support those. Um, um, I was just in, yeah, you want to support those those little hardware stores. I was just in Hanley, Saskatchewan the other day, yesterday, and I noticed that the hardware store there closed down. So uh, oh, grocery store is still open, but the hardware store. So you want to support those because you're actually, you know, you're supporting local community people that put money back in the community again. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Bernie sent us a text in Saskatoon. He said, a reminder that there's a gardener garden design for farms and acreages online webinar coming up through the U of S yes. Thursday, January 12th. Check out their classes. So Bernie, thanks for the great update. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of great classes and they're only $20 for like a two hour webinar, you know, like pretty good stuff. Yeah. uh, I mean, go look into that. And for the University of Saskatchewan, lots of good webinars all winter long. We're going to get to uh, Barry's text from Kindersley after the break. Talk about what to do with your Christmas tree as well. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. We are going to talk about Christmas trees, what to do with those. We just want to wrap up. We're talking about seeds. What are some of the seeds we're going to start soon, Rick? We, we talked about, you know, yeah. getting ready for that, but so what are some of them? For, for If you're into perennials, mm-hmm. okay, and you want, you, you do, you're going to grow your delphiniums, you know, all your lupins, all that kind of stuff. If you want to, you know, columbine. If you want to grow your, some of your own perennials, now is the time to think about starting those because okay. it takes a long time to get them to the flowering stage. Mm, yep. If you start later, then you're not going to see flowers to the following year, right? Ooh, wow. So, um, but otherwise, so you want to start any of those. And so right now, uh, people, if you've uh, stored your geraniums, you know, downstairs, or you, you kept your old plants, now it's time to think about, okay, in the next few weeks, you want to start thinking about, okay, I'm going to take them from the basement, whether by the basement window, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, you know, you had to trim down and everything else. Now you want to bring them up into the light, and you want to start getting them growing. 
And then, then now you can start taking slips, mm, right? And then mm-hmm. start a bunch more geraniums, right? So now, now's the time of the year when you want to start getting them growing and so that you can take those slips. And if you're going to take those slips, then you want to get yourself some stem root, which is a rooting hormone, and it's stem root number one uh, for, for doing those softwood cuttings. Yep. And then you can start them in little jiffy pots. Like jiffy pots are, are uh, like a little pot that comes in a little pellet. And then what you do is once you put water in them, it, they, they expand and they swell up and be a little peat pot. It looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup to start. Yeah, it does. It does, right? Yep. It's about that size. Yeah. And then it, and there's all different sizes now. There's little tiny ones and the bigger ones. Right. And, but that's kind of what it looks yeah, like. And then once you put water in it, they, they just grow, right? And then they can put your, you can put your cutting into those and then, uh, that help keeps the moisture around the, 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 the cutting stem and, and then they start rooting and then you can transplant with that whole root ball that's in that peat pot, mm-hmm. you can transplant it into a four inch plastic pot or six inch plastic pot, whatever you want to do later on. So then you have, don't even disturb the roots or anything. Mm, right? Cool. Yep. So, uh, so, but otherwise you can think about those kind of things, you know, getting those, uh, geraniums up and, uh, uh, pretty soon you're going to be seeing in the next couple of weeks begonias, begonia bulbs coming. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And in, or if you do kept your begonia bulbs from last year, you're going to think about the next within the month of January. You're going to want to get those started, get them repotted up, and get them starting to grow as well. Um, it's a little bit early for some of the hot peppers. Not those are going to be more February. Yeah, but you can start gra- gathering your seeds. Right. Yes. And getting all those things. So you can start looking at those so that even some, if, if you, uh, one flower you want to start at the end of January, beginning of February, if you do like the wave petunias, you know, the ones that get humongous, yeah. big, <laughs> yeah. some of the super petunias, if you want to do some of those, the seeds are a little more expensive, but you want to start, you want to start those early. So they're going to be starting, you know, sometime the end of January, beginning of February, uh, your hot peppers. Your jalapenos and those kind of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, those are going to be starting basically around in February, but so you want to gather your seeds and get those ready so that you have them ready to go. Um, if you do um, uh, things like, yeah, like your your pansies, petunias, celery, pepper, tomatoes, those are not going to be till like week three or four of uh, of February. But, you know, you're going to be, once you start gathering your seeds, you want to start picking up seeds when you can, especially in the hot peppers, because you want to get the variety you want, right? Exactly, yes. So seed seed racks only have so many of each type in the seed rack, right? That's right. Uh, Because usually seed companies pick a variety of different plants and try to satisfy as broad of a spectrum of customer they can, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they're not going to have 50 of one type in that seed rack. (laughs) So... um, so those are things. It's not huge right now. We're not until we get into you know end of February, March. That's when we start doing a lot more seeding. But this time of the year, you're going to be just getting that you know those kind of things ready that you need to be done early. Perfect. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Couple of texts we got to get to here. Okay. Uh, this is from Barry in Kindersley. He says, "Happy New Year. I was uh, I was to begin growing herbs and vegetables indoors during the winter. Yep. Uh, or I want to begin. Uh, what kind of soil blend should I be, should I be using?" And pot sizes for consideration. Like yeah, there's, there's now, uh, you know, with the whole gardening and containers, there's a whole new blend. So you can get actually a herb and vegetable mix for your soil. Mix Even stuff. for the soil? For the soil. Okay. And so you can get a herb and vegetable mix for the soils, and uh, you can get that, and it comes in all different sizes of bags, from a tiny bag to a great big bag for doing bigger pots and that. And so that's probably the best one to use for indoors. And um, um, but other than that, and get yourself an organic type of a fertilizer, okay? Mm-hmm. 
uh, and th- that's the best way to do it. And because re- the salts aren't that great on if you use a twenty 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 or fifteen thirty fifteen or ten fifty two ten. They're all high concentrated salts, so when you're watering that much inside, you're going to get a buildup of salts where you get brown edge of the leaves, and you don't want that when you're putting that in your salad and that kind of stuff, right? Right, absolutely not. So, um, um, so yeah, get, get, getting yourself an organic type of a fertilizer, and once you start with that, then you're way to go. What about pot sizes? Barry asked, sort of like, you know, what, what kind of pots? Well, it depends you know. where you're going to be putting it. Like a lot okay. of people put them on the, on, in the, on the windowsill, so there's lots of little, you know, narrow like four inches wide by, you know, you know, 12 inches long, you know, 16 inches long. That'll fit right in a, with the comes little dome and everything in them. Oh, wow. Like and a window, a like windowsill size. Windowsill size. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then there's all, there's still those, those aero, aero gardens. Aero gardens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's uh, hydroponics, right? They're hydroponics and you have a little light on them. You could stick them on the counter and plug them in and you can grow that way as well. So there's, there's all different ways you can do it. Uh, you might want to even, if you're going to do it on your counter in your kitchen, because that's where it's convenient, you can even underneath your your upper cupboards, you can put yourself a little uh, fluorescent uh, LED grow light, right? Yeah, yeah. And then now you can grow a bunch of pots just right on the cupboard, right on the counter. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so it really depends for Barry, you know, where where he's growing it. That's right. And and what he's growing it into yep. there as well. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Dorothy Lestock says, "How do I get my poinsettia to grow red leaves?" Okay, that's that's darkness. Okay, that's dark light. And so, what happens when they grow normally in 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 Central America, South America? Uh, you got basically near the equator, uh, like I saw them growing in Colombia naturally in the ditches there. Yes, yes. When I was there, so they got basically it's twelve hours of daylight, twelve hours of nighttime, and it's balanced. And it's pitch black. Yes, right in some of those countries, it's pitch black on the oh, is is dark. It's not like here when we got when the moon's out and it's bright here in the, in the summer sometimes at nighttime there it's pitch black. It's that's right. See it for your face. Yeah. And so that's what you need. You need a, a twelve hours of pitch black, and then twelve hours of nice bright light. So you need to have a grow light, obviously. And the greenhouses have grow lights, and then they put black plastic and everything else to to uh, to darken it for twelve hours. So that means no light, even from. Uh, uh, um, a light that you might have a night light or something like that, that will cause a problem. Right. So, okay. so like for, for most people right now, we've got our poinsettias that were, were had the red or the white yep. leaves. And is it next year we're going to do this again? Or can you, can you do this any time of year to get them to go you, color? No, normally what they do, because uh, for us, I mean, we get the, our daylight hours are going to start changing here as we get closer to spring. So it's harder to do that, right? But mm-hmm. you can mimic it no matter what. You can mimic it as long as you give them those 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 light hours. So, right? But most people like the greenhouse operation, because we're trying to get it for Christmas, obviously, they start in August where they start the cuttings, yes. right? And then by once you start getting September and that, then they start giving the, the daylight hours. 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of light. So if Dorothy's got a poinsettia right now, yep. it's going to go green. All the red or white is going to yep. disappear. Plant, put it out in the garden. Right. If you want to. Put it outside. Put it in the garden. Grow it as a plant. It'll go to a house plant inside. Grow as a plant outside. And in the fall, bring it inside. Right. And then now once you start getting into September, now you have to start doing the daylight hours. Yeah. And it has, to, like like Rick said, perfect darkness. So it's yep. got to go in a closet. There can't be a yep. gap of light around it. You can't accidentally turn the light on in that room or something. You got to find a place where you can put it into total darkness for twelve hours. One thing they want to do is the, the, the bracts are there as an attractor f- because there's in the middle of the bract there's a flower. 
Yes. Okay. It's its sole purpose is to produce seed in that in that flower and seed, right, to reproduce mm-hmm. itself. Yep. So the, the 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 bracts are there to attract insects to the flower. The color, the right? Color. The color does right? that. Yeah. So the color does that. So that's that's the reason why they do it for. And so they're going to want to produce usually at a certain time of the year in in those in those tropical countries. Uh, where they want to, um, um, where they want to produce their seed, right? Like they produce apples, just like apple tree produces apples for us. This you know the time of the year where they do, right? Like they flower in May, right? And it just happens to work out that naturally, naturally, poinsettias have color yes. during the Christmas yep. season, right? right? Now you can you can by changing the the temperature in your house and everything else and the light conditions, you can kind of fake force, it out, force it, force it, yeah. right? And so you can do that, but there's times of year when the industry does that, and that's usually starting in August till September is when they really get them going. We're going to take a quick break. What to do with your Christmas tree? Maybe you're pulling it down today. Yep. We'll talk about that in a second. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, a whole bunch of great texts have rolled in. That's what we're going to start with uh, for this last segment. one 332 8255 I'm Jay with Rick. And uh, Jane in Humboldt says, uh, we just wanted to send a huge thanks to the Fireside Singers for an absolutely fabulous concert. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Jane, for, for, for joining our concert. I know we talked about it kind of our last, uh, you know, one of our last uh, garden talks of, of 2022. And Jay was one of the singers there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great uh, thing to be a part of. Uh, a 50, 50th anniversary this year for uh Marilyn awesome. Whitehead and the and the Fireside Singers. So, uh, Jane, thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad you had Great. a good time. Uh, this is Carol, who's in Saskatoon. Says, I've got three amaryllis plants that have lovely leaves, but no blooms this year. How do I get them to bloom? Okay. Uh, actually, I just I just answered an email about that yesterday. Okay. So, um, and she had one, this lady had one that, that, uh, that, you know, she put it down in the basement where it was cool and dark for a bit, and then she had one that come on big green leaves and the other one had nothing and what am i doing wrong and so what i always tell people to do there's there's um what you i'll tell you what you can do and which and then i'll also tell her what you can do right now okay, okay? sure so normally what you want to do is that your amaryllis bulb will blo- if you want to bloom at christmas time just like normally everybody does right you buy your bulb in in october mm-hmm. right that's when they come out mm-hmm. and then you 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 plant them and some of them now are new this wax bulb right i don't know if plant it doesn't them, go right? it doesn't go in any water or any, any water or any dirt it just and then blooms. It, it blooms and uh and then uh, you just trim off your stems once they dry up, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so once they dry up, so not when they're green, when they turn brown, okay? They want the energy from those stems after the flowers are finished to go back down to the bulb. Right, okay. Okay? So wait till they droop down. <laughs> sure, yeah. And uh, and then the energy goes back in the bulb. And then what I suggest people to do, if you have those wax bulb, wax ones, and you're done. You can actually you can actually peel the wax off, and you can take. There's a wire on the bottom that holds them so they don't roll over all the time. You can take all that off, and you can actually plant them into a pot. And uh, but then I suggest for the summertime is that you put them outside, in a sort of a semi shady area where it gets sunlight, but not the hot hot sun of the mm-hmm, day. Mm-hmm. Or you can plant them. In the, some people plant them in the ground if they want, or you can put them in the pot, and um, leave them in the pot. And then what you want to do is you. I like the reason why even if you have an indoor one, I like to put them outside for the month of August. Because I like the, if you notice, especially when you get close to the end of August, the nighttime temperatures are going down below plus 10. Yes. Right? So that's acclimatizing the bulb when you get those cooler nights. Mm -hmm. So I like leaving them outside until the temperature even goes not any lower than plus 3. Okay? Okay. If you're going to get a couple of nights like that, you can actually bring them indoors. 
and then put them back out again because you might only have one or two nights that it's plus three. Right. So give them that acclimatizing and then bring them back in and then you want to transplant them. Even if it's in the, back in the same pot again, take it out of the pot and put it back in the pot again. Yep. That'll trigger it to put the new blooms up for next year. So what she can do with hers, do the same thing. Is right now. Take, take it out of the pot and replant it back in the pot or probably one size bigger pot, whatever you want to do. Okay. And that'll do it. But they do need that cold bit of a cold period. Yes. Okay? yes. And if you haven't given that, then that's a, that's a bit of an issue. So um, um, what the best thing to do is when it does finish blooming is that uh, give it that rest. It needs a rest. Okay, perfect. So, Carol, you can do that transplanting trick right now. Yep. Hopefully, that'll trigger it for to trigger. make some make some yep. flowers on what yep. you've got there. It'll stress it, and when it stresses, it wants to reproduce blooms to produce seed. Right there, you go. Okay, uh, Pam from Blaine Lake, Saskatchewan, says, "Good morning. I was wondering if you can help me out. Last summer, I have found I got an infestation of night crawlers in my lawn. How do I get rid of them without using chemicals?" It's called a bird bath. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's called a bird bath. Get a bird bath, get one up before spring, and, and put, as soon as you got spring, put a bird bath out there and, um, and then attract the robins to your yard. A robin will nest somewhere close wherever there's water, okay? And so when they pick their spot in the spring, you want to make sure they have water available and they will nest close by. And then what happens is they'll, they'll forage your, your lawn and take all those worms away better than any chemical ever will. How about um, the, the nematodes? Does that work at all? No, we nematodes don't work for those. Okay. So, yeah, so right now you just want to, like I said, honestly, is non-chemical, attract the robins to your yard, hmm. and they will take care of all that for you. So, and especially if you, if, if well, of course, robins love to, if you have an evergreen or something like that, a spruce tree in your yard, because that's where they like to nest in that, but they'll nest in lots of different places. You can make, you can make little robins, uh, almost birdhouse, birdhouses, they're actually open okay. on the sides. They have a top to them, right? Yeah. And a platform so they can actually go and have something to protect them because you'll notice that they'll go, robins will make a nest underneath your deck or places like that, right? They just want to get out of the weather a bit, right? Yes. So you can actually make a birdhouse that is open, that they don't, not, they don't crawl in through a hole. They want an open birdhouse. Open sides. Yep. Open sides, but a roof over top of them. And then make a place where the bird, robins can make their nest and have water around and... Voila. Okay. You take care of all your worms. There you go. Uh, so you're taking your Christmas tree down this weekend. That's what I did yesterday. I did Sorry. that. I did that yeah, a few days ago. What do you do? What do you do with that tree? Well, we took all the boughs and everything else, and I took all my, you know, my pots apart, and my we have a big, I have a big uh, wooden lantern, wooden lights go over top of the the um, the kitchen kitchen um, island. island. Yeah, and yeah. So took all those down and. Um, and I broke them all up and and have them for my kindling for my fire pit outside. Well, there you so go. That's what I use for those. So if you've got a fire pit, you can yep. save that yep. for that. And right. then also we have a lot of area where we're mulching. So I'm taking. I got my tree and I actually planted it amongst my other spruce trees. And so now it looks like a, one of my other spruce trees outside right now. <laughs> but in spring it'll turn all brown. And then what I'll do is I'll take my axe and I'll break it all up and I'll put it in with the mulch with all my other trees and that. Or you can bring it to a lot of your towns and cities all around have compost depots. Yes. Okay. Every town has a, 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 a what they call a, the way they call them, they call them um, where they take transfer station, right? And then the transfer stations now, because they don't have landfills anymore in the smaller towns, but they do have a compost pile. So you can bring it there. Or uh, there's a lot of the cities that have drop-off places. So just check your city 
websites and they have drop-off spots all over on the cities, whether Regina, Saskatoon, Swift Current, some of the some of the cities like I think Moose Jaw and maybe even Swift Current sometimes have backyard pickup of the Christmas trees. So just your every town will have and city will have their own rules. Perfect. And just go check that out. We got to run. That's it for today. But thanks for joining us. We'll be back same time, same place next weekend with a live show. More for you then. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. This has been Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.